to the Soil Talk podcast. I am your host, Tim Mundorf, Nutrient Management Lead with Central Valley Ag. In Soil Talk, we will dive into managing soil fertility and applied nutrients while pursuing top yield. Welcome back to Soil Talk. I'm Tim Mundorf, uh, Director of Soil Management here at Central Valley Ag. Today we've got a guest from Raven Industries, Paul Bruns, you're the sales Specialist. Specialist with Raven Industries. So we just spent a little bit of time uh, recording our agronomy-focused video, and uh, you showed us a really interesting piece of equipment called the Raven... Omnipower. Omnipower. And that piece of equipment, uh, right now, we've got a dry box on it, but you talked about a lot of different things it could do. So talk a little bit about that Raven Omnipower system and how that came about as a... Uh, product that Raven's starting to offer now. You bet. So Omnipower uh, started uh, as a uh, uh, with a company called Dot out of Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, it is a completely autonomous U-shaped platform that picks its implements up and then carries those implements across the field, whether it's in a, a dry spinner spreader box. Uh, we have a uh, 1,600-gallon sprayer, 120-foot booms, uh, and we had started out with an air seeder as well, and we're looking at revamping what that looks like as far as uh, an implement. But it's designed so that different manufacturers can actually build their implement to our specs so that the Omnipower can drive up to that implement, pick it up, and then go on its mission from there. Sure. Uh, field speed. How, how fast can that piece of equipment run right now? So it tops out at about 12 miles an hour. Sure. So not a lot different than what we're able to do with our sprayers and spreaders. Maybe a little bit slower, but is it capable of multiple hundred acres per day for the most part with that equipment? It, it is. It's uh, the, obviously the bigger the fields, the, right. the, the square of the fields, obviously it increases efficiency, but uh, it does have the capacity to, to run across many, many acres in a day's time. Sure. So what's Raven uh, targeting for this piece of equipment? Is it growers? Is it the ag retailers? Is it a little bit of each? It, it's a little bit of both. I mean, the, this unit, like I said, came from, came from the Canadian market. So Broadacre, a lot of big producers up there. Um, and as we see through the acquisition of DOT uh, here back in 2019, we really see that the Omnipower platform will gravitate probably more so into the custom app world uh, prior to being with some growers. I'm sure there's still going to be some bit large growers that adopt the technology, but we really see the uh, the opportunity with the ag retail market. Sure. So, Paul, as you were talking earlier, um, you've got a background kind of in that uh, precision ag and also nutrient management side. How do you see this fitting into the industry as, as some benefits that it would bring compared to the things that we're doing now? To me, the, the thing that I look at when it comes to autonomy is we we build consistency. You know, that machine does the exact same process every time. And even the best applicators in the world might do things just a little bit differently on a different day. Um, I was a, I actually worked in ag retail, did some custom app. Uh, so I know what that, that process is like. The autonomy allows us for A, consistency, and B, the key behind it is really to bridge the gap in the labor shortage that we've got within the ag industry. Whether it's at the farm gate, at the ag retailer, it doesn't matter. We're always struggling to find good help. Well, now maybe we can take that good help and 
give them a more important task instead of just driving up and down the field, flipping a switch. Sure. And as we look at that piece of equipment, 180 horsepower, Cummins motor, kind of a you know industry standard uh, kind of power unit, not much different than what we're using out there now. Uh, the new leader box that we had on there, just a standard dry spinner box. So really it's using a lot of our accepted technology. It's just bringing autonomy with it. Right. And that's, you know, that's one thing that we're, we're really proud of at Raven. You know, we've, we've spent decades building different components. I think back to the, the Raven 440 was actually one of the first steps in autonomy. Really, we went from speed and pressure to, well, now we automatically take care of flow mm-hmm. and keep that, depending, no matter what your speed is. So those those building blocks have been being been worked on for years, and we've got faith in what they do. Now we're just bringing all of that stuff to the next level and bringing it together and solve great challenges like what we see in the labor industry. Right. Um, the, uh, the technology is... Uh, it's, it's absolutely on a journey uh, as to where we see it going. So currently that piece of equipment is going to require an operator to be with it. He might be able to run two of them, going to do it, say, from the cab of a pickup on the edge of the field, um, but going to allow a little less labor involved with that piece of equipment. Correct. Yeah, we still we are still at uh, what we call supervised autonomy. Um, we are not going to deploy this machine and allow... Uh, an operator to jump in a pickup or a tender truck and go back to town as it stands today. We still have to have somebody at the edge of the field, but now somebody can manage two machines. And we really see an integration within the industry where we actually have a manned machine in the field along with an autonomous machine in the field. Maybe that autonomous machine is is doing the headlands and all the not fun stuff to apply mm-hmm. into and let the, the experienced operator get into the big portion of the field and, and really get some acres covered at high speeds. Not too far off, we could probably see something running out there without an operator on the edge of the field, maybe somebody back at headquarters, but just not there yet. Correct. Yeah, it's, there's, there's so many safety aspects that we have to make sure that we understand. And the beauty of uh, where we're at with autonomy is – of all the liability insurance companies that I've talked to and underwriters, they really look at where we're at today, no different than auto steer. It's still supervised autonomy. When all of a sudden you leave the field and you're monitoring it remotely, what is the extra safety things that we need to have in place to be able to do that? And we're just not quite ready for that yet. Yeah. How does that piece of equipment go down the road now? So today with OmniPower, uh, we actually have uh, what we call a wagon that we load that unit up onto as a trailer to be able to move it from field to field because we are limited to 12 miles an hour as our max speed. Sure. So besides the uh, the dry spreader, which we saw today, you talked about a 120-foot uh, boom sprayer unit, which is full-size sprayer. Um, you know, a lot of the sprayer technology we've seen, whether it's drones or whether it's uh, robotics, been geared around small sprayers. What made Raven choose to go full size in this equipment? Well, and like I say, we with the, the, the start of, of OmniPower up in Canada, we're in large, broad acre uh, country in Saskatchewan, you know, six, seven hundred acre size fields. Uh, trying to get across a lot of acres with one tank load. We've got a 1,600-gallon tank on that machine. We know tendering is not a fun process. 
Uh, it definitely takes manpower and resources to do that. So we started with a, a partnership with Patterson, or I, or I should say DOT started that relationship, and we've continued to, to foster that relationship even more and look to see if there's other options that we may need to expand upon. Sure. Now, when you're actually running that uh, equipment in a field, you mentioned tendering. So you just tell it where the tender spot is, and it always comes back there when it's when it's time. Yep. You can see when you actually build out your mission plan. Uh, you can start determine the number of headland passes you make around the outside of the field, the number of headland passes you make, let's say around a rock pile, and then I'm going to start, let's say, in the southwest corner going north, and it's going to play out that whole mission plan before you start and show you number of acres, your productivity, and then can help you determine where you're going to stop to the machine to be able to fill it from there. If it's in a, a situation where you're not going to run over standing crop, you can actually have it deployed back to that, that base point. Sure. How many units do you have out there running right now? There are some around 10 to 15 units that are out, out in the wild right now between uh, dealers, growers, and uh, we've got a couple of uh, institutions that, are, that sure. are working with machine as well. And you're working in both Canada and the United States? That is correct. What crops are you working in currently? Oh, primarily is small grain mm -hmm. environment. Um, we don't quite match up to uh, for row crop for mm -hmm. going down the rows today. Uh, so it's mainly small grain. We've got uh, one cooperator in Ontario that's utilizing it for spreading line. Mm -hmm. So in the fall of the year, going out with two, two machines and with one guy in the cab of a payloader, he can control both machines and be filling one while the other one is spreading. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at that piece of equipment right now, it looks like it'd work really well for uh, you know a lot of fall spreads for a grower or an ag retailer, but wouldn't take much to get that to row crop set no. up, it didn't look like. No. Yeah. So as you, you know, we talked a little bit about the, uh, the Omni power system, but you also have a, a separate system called Omni drive. Is that correct? That is correct. So talk to us a little bit about that system. It's a little bit more oriented toward what the farmer might have on his operation now. That's right. So Omni drive is an aftermarket kit that we add to an existing John Deere 8R tractor or Magnum tractor that's on the farm. We do have some uh, different criteria that the tractor has to meet in order to, to have the system be compatible. Uh, one of the things that we require is RTK, both on the tractor and on the combine. But we don't require that the combine is a John Deere or a case. We're virtually colorblind on the harvester side of things. In fact, we've got a cooperator out in Michigan that's been uh, using it on a sugar beet harvester as well as a pickle harvester. So really, really flexible uh, as far as the harvester side. But basically what the system is doing is it is automating the driving of the grain cart. We're not doing autonomous unload today. That is on our roadmap. Uh, but we're allowing the harvester operator to call that tractor with the cart to come up and sync with the combine as it goes across the field. At that point, it's going to match speed and position next to the combine. So if he speeds up because he gets in an area where the crop isn't as good and he wants to keep his machine full, the tractor speeds right up along with him. If he slows down because he hits a weedy spot, that tractor is going to slow down right there with him. Once he's done unloading on the go, he can then send it to either a stage point where he can just sit and wait for the next pass to dump on coming back, or he can send it back to an unload point on the edge of the field where his truck driver would then hop in the cab, fill their truck, and let it be deployed back to go with the combine. And the beauty of the user interface is 
as you may move across that field to a different approach, you just drag a push pin across your map on where you want to send that that tractor. Very, very simple user interface. Got it. So that piece of equipment now is kind of geared toward the grain cart, but I assume you're envisioning it toward other things as well, maybe tillage, maybe planting. Uh, what were the thoughts there? Yeah, the, we really started with with automating the driving of the grain cart because it's one of the hardest times of the year to get part-time help. And if we can at least have it drive and match speed with a tractor, or excuse me, with the combine, we can always have somebody else unload it. As we continue to refine the technology and bring additional sensors to the table, we are definitely looking at tillage will be probably one of the next operations that we move to. Planting, I think, is a little bit farther off. We've got to get a few more sensors and things like that tied in on the on the planter side and have the ability to have maybe one primary operator that's in the seat of one tractor with a couple of autonomous machines running in on a wingman formation, or at least he can be able to visually see those machines from his cab. Sure. Or possibly somebody on the edge of the field watching two machines run as he's doing a little work marketing his grain in his pickup. Absolutely. The, 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 the opportunities are just endless when it comes to autonomy. You know, we've come a long ways uh, since uh, some of the early auto steers and guidance systems. What's your experience in this? Are the growers looking forward to this next step coming? You know, it, it's kind of funny. I've been I've gotten to work with the the Omni Drive product now for over three years, and some of the very first presentations I sat down with, and I could hear some of the producers in the crowd that were snickering a little bit about it or making some jokes about it, and. Usually I would start off the conversation with is, I'd like to see a show of hands. How many guys in the room, when auto steer first came out, said, if I need auto steer, take me out behind the woodshed and put me out of my misery because by golly, I can do that better than any machine can. And a lot of them would start laughing and a few would raise their hands. And I've said, you know, I appreciate those of you that are honest, but my next question is, how many of you that either thought it or said it have auto steer today? And I see the adoption rate with, with autonomy following a similar path because we know what auto steer can do today and, and what it's come through. And yes, we're in some of the very early stages of autonomy, but it's a similar path. And I, and I think the adoption rate is going to uh, be very similar and maybe even a little bit faster because there's just no help to be found at the farm gate anymore. I, it doesn't matter where I've been, Canada, the U.S., all, all across the geography, that's the most consistent thing I've seen and heard is, is I can't find good help. I can't keep good help. Well, the nice thing about autonomy is it never calls in sick. It never complains about having to work late. It uh, never files a work comp claim. Uh, it just does exactly what it's told to do. There's a little learning curve that comes with it. But we had the same learning curve when we put the very first monitors in our combines and our tractors as well. So producers with an open mind are going to get along with it very, very well. Yeah. You know, the labor savings is, is so obvious. But you look at things like the accuracy, like some of our environmental issues, wanting to make sure we're keeping nutrients, keeping pesticides out of water. You know, being able to map things out in that field, a good plan, and, and, and letting that machine follow the plan while you work on the next plan. Might make a lot of sense. Absolutely. And and like I say, it's the thing that we see with with the autonomy piece is, is 
when we know we've got the consistency in the job that it's going to do and from a repetitive standpoint. Now, if I can take that person out of the cab of that tractor, even if it's for even three-fourths of the time, and now they can get started maybe putting tile in or starting to spread fertilizer or starting to do fall tillage, spread manure. Uh, Growing up on the farm, we never had everything done before Mother Nature turned us off. Uh, And I think that there's going to be a, a continued opportunity to say, okay, yes, let's take you out of the cab of that tractor where maybe it's idling for half an hour between dumps. Let's have you go do something else. Go start doing tillage or, or whatever. Um, there, There's so many other opportunities for the operation to benefit by having that autonomous machine out there to do the mundane tasks. Where do you see this going forward? We've had a lot of development recently. I'm sure it's difficult just keeping up to get to where we're at now, but what do you see around the corner? To me, I think what where some real opportunities come with autonomy is I look at it today in, in the geography that I live in, there's a lot of 16 and 24-row planters. And what's the sticker price when somebody wants to go from a 24-row planter up to a 36-row planter? And they have to not only trade planters, but they also have to trade tractors. There's a lot of dollars that get tied up into that. And right now, inventory is tight on all farm equipment from everything that I've seen. To me, what I see with autonomy is it actually will give us the opportunity to almost downsize our implements. Maybe instead of pulling a 124 or 136-row unit out there, maybe we've got two or three 12-row machines out there. Smaller tractor, it's got a lighter footprint, which is going to give us some agronomic value back by not having that compaction. And the grower picks up 500 acres and says, man, I can't do it with two 12 rows. Well, now they just add another 12 row instead of having to trade and fight through that whole process. They just add to their fleet. It's going to be a bit of a culture change, I think, for, for a lot of producers to start thinking that way. But I think if you've got one row unit that acts up on a 12 row versus one row unit that acts up on a 36 row planner. You're more apt to stop that 12 row, fix it right away while you let the other 24 rows run. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see some scalability come into it because the producers that I have, that I've talked to in the last three years, the ones that are the most hungry for techno- the, the technology of autonomy are in that 900 up to about 3,500 acres in size because there's just not quite enough to justify one more person full-time or it's a scenario, hey, dad's getting to that stage or Uncle Joe's getting to that stage where he just can't put the hours in that he wants to or that that he used to be able to. That's what I love so much about Omni Drive is when he wants to run it, you flip that switch that says, give me my tractor back and you run it the way he's always run it. But when he wants to go to the grandkids' Christmas program or Thanksgiving program, you flip the switch to autonomous mode and the rest of the operation continue to run. And it gives you that flexibility. That's some of the beauty of what I see behind the system and, and what's coming in the future. How far off are we from having uh, a machine that we can tell to go do these five fields and let it run 24-7 while we are in bed sleeping part of the time? Oh, that's, there's a lot of speculation that goes with that. I think... I think that's a good five to seven plus years out, just just from the standpoint of trying to get these machines to go down the road with not autonomous running vehicles on the road and the safety aspect behind that. I think 
Department of Transportation and OSHA are definitely going to want to weigh in on a lot of this stuff before we turn this loose on the road. And that's that's the beauty of how we're set up today is kind of like drones. You can only run this autonomous machine on your acres, Mm -hmm. not on public roads. We will not run autonomously down a road. Mm -hmm. Understood. What else are we missing? We've covered a lot of ground here today. What uh, what conversations are you having that we didn't cover here? It's uh, probably the biggest thing that I've I've heard from producers that have been naysayers of the product. You know, they hear about it, whether it's a demo day or something like that, or when we've been to some of the farm shows. All oh, that's that's big farmer technology. I can't figure that out. And the conversation that I've usually had is, well, can you? Can you pull out your phone and open up Google Maps or Apple Maps? Well, yeah. Okay. Drop a pushpin on how to get to 205 West 6th Street, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Happens to be Raven's headquarters. Uh If you can figure out how to drop a pushpin on your phone in Google Maps to do that, you can run our autonomous solution. Mm -hmm. And once they really see it, seeing is believing. I mean, this isn't Santa Claus. It's getting to see the equipment run in the field really is what has really blown producers away and being able to say, wow, I, I think this is something that's going to fit my operation. Most of the time, are you able to use current shape files and the things we've already got mapped out as far as outside boundaries and inside obstacles, or do you usually have to spend some time in that field drawing some things out first? In most cases, we can upload those existing boundaries that we've got in there. You know, we like I said, we have to run inside with a with a shape file as a as a field boundary. And what I've always said when it comes to autonomy, if there's a place in the field you don't want that machine to go, map it out ahead of time. Whether that means you have to jump in the tractor or jump on a four-wheeler or a a side-by-side and go out and drive physically around it, map out all those obstacles up front. Don't rely on the perception system and the technology to figure out whether it should avoid it or not. Just say, hey, stay out of this zone for whatever reason, and it will plan its paths around it. Mm All right. Well, Paul, I really appreciate you being on the show today. It's uh, interesting, the amazing new technologies that keep coming our way, and we appreciate Raven bringing it to CVA so we can show it to our growers and uh, look at ourselves for some of our own equipment. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for joining us today on Soil Talk. If you'd like to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at ACS by CVA. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Central Valley Ag. If you'd like more information, visit cvacoop.com, and you can see our precision-focused blog videos every Thursday.